moms could come in every shape and form, and sometimes their children happen to have fur and wagging tails. This is a podcast for those who love the four-legged friends that they rescued, because they got rescued right back. Each week, we bring on a dog mom or two to talk about their dogs and how they changed their lives. This is Rescue Dog Moms, a parenting podcast. I'm Yamini, and this is Boss. Hello, Rescue Dog Moms and Dog Dads. Hughes. As per usual, the background noise of my foster dog Maya playing with a Kong topple, which uh, I would just recommend for any of you who have food-obsessed dogs and restless dogs. She loves getting her Kimball out of it. Right now, I gave her a special treat of a couple uh, smelly things. Thanks so much for joining me again on the Rescue Dog Moms podcast. This episode is another small business feature. I will be speaking with Kylie, who runs the small business Former Fibers. Former Fibers is a sleep-focused pet business, so they make dog beds and dog accessories that are in the sleep category. They have been dormant for a bit, but are actually just about to relaunch May 2-4 weekend, which is coming right up. I'm really excited for their relaunch. Kylie is an amazing person who cares deeply about reducing plastic usage and in turn her business is all structured around sustainability using sustainable fabrics and sustainable thread and everything else so we'll talk a lot about that on this podcast about how to live sustainably about our pets because she has two adorable rescue cats that I still needed to ask about even though this is supposed to be a dog podcast and And in general, just about her relaunch and her future plans. If you guys want to check her out, she is on Instagram at Former Fibers. Her website is due to be launched soon and you can sign up for a newsletter to get notified when everything is live. We'll talk more about that in the podcast. And of course, all links will be included in the show notes as always. Thanks so much, everybody, for your support. I cannot believe that I'm still making this podcast because there's still lots of you listening and it makes me super happy. Hope you guys are having an amazing Monday and I'll see you guys soon. Hi, Kylie. Welcome to the Rescue Dog Moms podcast. I'm so excited to have you on. Hi, I'm so excited to be here as well. Thank you for having me. You are the owner of Former Fibers, so we're definitely going to spend some time talking about your business, but why don't we talk about your little rescue pals first? Absolutely. Yeah, I guess I'm, I'm a little bit different than probably your regular guests that come on with you, whereas I, I am a cat mom, absolutely. <laughs> so, uh, But they are rescues, and they are definitely my children, so I... I <laughs> feel uh, all the love, the same love in that way. I actually have a few. So my cat assistant, her name is Merida, and she's adorably fluffy and turning five in June. So she's she's my first little baby. Um, she loves to help me cut patterns and more like chase fabric in, in, in her world in that way. Our CFO, Cleo, she uh, retired last October. So she was a barn rescue and quite the personality. And I absolutely miss her dearly. But after we lost Cleo, we knew that Merida needed a, a little buddy, a little friend, because she was a, a little sad and lonely. So uh, we adopted a Wheezy 
and uh, he's nine months now. He's actually a rescue from a colony in an antique mall here in Hamilton. And um, when they found him, he had like so much discharge from his nose and his eyes and his ears, this poor guy. So he actually spent like a month in the, the hospital before he was available up for adoption. We found him and, and just fell in love with his little piglet noises. And, and he's a special little guy and he still has being issues and stuff that we're working with. But uh, he's he's my baby as well. <laughs> That's nice to get a new little kitten to um, take care of right now. For sure. I'd love to hear more about their different personalities if you'd like. For sure. Yeah. So Merida, she's pretty timid. Um, she's she's scared of everything. She's my little scaredy cat. Hides for the vacuum anytime we have guests over, that sort of thing. But she's she's absolutely lovable. And when no one else is home, she, she's my buddy and she comes and cuddles and and is super adorable we actually funny enough so like again my cats are my children so they travel with me everywhere when my husband and I got married we actually brought Cleo and Merida with us um, when we got married we had our ceremony up in Muskoka at a resort that sort of thing and um, we had a little uh, incident with Merida I guess you know at the time it just seemed like normal and I didn't even think about it but like you know how they go and like clean your suite for like to make it all pretty for pictures and things like that right the resort was like well you know would you like us to come in and clean and I'm like oh yeah no problem and I came back from getting my hair done to get ready and Merida was missing after they cleaned the room because obviously they like they turned on the vacuum and scared the crap out of her so my whole wedding party was like scouring this resort out of Muskoka (laughs) trying to find my cat and I'm just like bawling luckily I didn't have my um my makeup on or anything yet just my hair because otherwise it would be horrible but she actually like hid herself up inside the box spring in like of the mattress in the the cabin and like my husband like just found her and like flipped to the bed right over and like grabbed her and oh my goodness <laughs> so she was, was in the wedding. room she was in yeah. the room the whole time she and your entire wedding time. oh my god very very well hitting so my wedding was delayed by about two hours um <laughs> But and and I'm not allowed to bring my cats with me anymore. <laughs> yeah, that's the, fair. Is the new rule. Yeah. You know what? So... Our pets love to make everything about them. So sometimes right? it is it is good to leave them behind, right? <laughs> and then I and I have this lovely story that I can share and laugh about now. <laughs> with Honestly, but... best like cat mom wedding story. It's just very <laughs> fitting. So absolutely, absolutely. And then Wheezy, he's like he's spunky, he's curious, like he's my little shadow. He follows me around everywhere. We're actually in the process of moving right now. Um, which is kind of why my shop isn't isn't open because all of my stuff is packed in my trailer. But like he's like helping me pack and like is so like curious, like the curious cat. That's Wheezy. He's he's into everything. So much like kitten energy, like and just super loving and adorable little guy. And he sounds like a little piglet. <laughs> And I guess that's because of his like breathing issues, but it results in this like cute little quirk. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. We've we've had like a lot of medical like trials and things like that with him. He's had CAT scans done, you know, and x-rays, everything. But yeah, basically, I guess because 
because of just the the damage that was done while he was in the colony the receptors in his nose are like there's significant damage done there so he's mm. prone to like infections and it's just a little bit more difficult to for him to breathe so we're still going through and trying different medications and he has this little nebulizer chamber so like it's like a little rubbermaid tub with like a blanket over top with like the little mist to like help break up those little sinuses so he has this little box that he sits in every day and we even put like little Subaru tires and a logo on it because it's like he's vaping in his little Subaru (laughs) box yeah Yeah. (laughs) he's a special guy that's so sweet and honestly Mm -hmm. like you're giving him a better life so that's amazing in itself oh yeah absolutely for sure I joke to say I only have so many heartstrings left because like he's like oh there's he's sneezing now there you go buddy did you get it oh sorry about that that's okay so I guess that's like on the something on the daily that sometimes happens yeah so like he yeah like with his breathing like he just has a hard time like breaking up like there's he has extra mucus and things yeah. like that so yeah he has he has a hard time breathing sometimes and he'll like sneeze and stuff comes out but the vet says it's a good thing yeah <laughs> he's makes getting sense. that gunk out of there um and even like when we took him for like the cat scans and things like that like he had complications with the vet so like he's just he's different <laughs> for a whole bunch of reasons and it's very like investigative and like they're not like 100% sure about everything but so he's had a few nights at the ER on me but uh, oh yeah we're doing everything we can to try and have his quality of life be as best as as we can for sure that's amazing and yeah these (laughs) animals just need a little little help from us humans sometimes um, to have a happy life and I'm sure his life is already pretty great so (laughs) he's a pretty happy guy like he he plays he runs he like he eats like a champ he drinks like no one else (laughs) I've seen but yeah he's he's my little guy <laughs> and I love that his name is Wheezy it's so cute that was my husband's doing <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> but yes <laughs> you're like very literal maybe <laughs> whereas like me like I named Merida like yeah I'm a big Disney fan so like she has bits of orange in her and she's really fluffy so like Merida's hair oh from yes brave. Um, and she's got a little marking on her paw that's like an arrowhead so oh that's so that's cool why, why she's named Merida <laughs> Did you have names ready for Wheezy that you're like, I wish I could have used it? (laughs) (laughs) I was like trying to play off and continue with the Disney theme, but my husband wasn't having it. So yeah, (laughs) Wheezy it is. That's fair. Names just happened also. Like we didn't intend to name Boss who he is. I had so many other different names. And then his name, his name in his previous adoptive home was Bosco. So we just called him Boss in the interim. And he just, we were like, he knows his name. So we'll just keep it to Boss. (laughs) And now I can't imagine him having any other name. So right. Yeah. It just like, once you find that name, it just clicks and it's like, yep, it works. But then, but then you get into like the series of nicknames too, right? Like I'm sure you have plenty of different. So like um, Wheezy's nickname is Budsy or Piglet. What do we have for Merida? Like Miss Merida. We put Miss in front of it all the time. Or Baby Cat. When we had Cleo, we had like Big Cat and, ba- and Baby yeah. Cat. So yeah, they they always have those series of nicknames and stuff. And then I guess Wheezy can be Baby Baby Cat. <laughs> <laughs> 
absolutely yes for sure because Merritt is definitely still a baby cat <laughs> yeah we have the weirdest nicknames I like on the daily my partner Dan calls boss like all sorts of random things he had you know he's had a history so he's had all these different adoptive names so sometimes Dan will just be like <laughs> boss Bosco Bailey Bradley like he'll just add all these B names together and I feel like it confuses the hell out of him but whatever <laughs> there you go Aww. right well we can uh, start talking about former fivers I'm so excited I know that you've been on a little break so what are your plans right now former fivers I've been in business for two years now with like some hiatus. Typically after the Christmas break, I tend to take a little bit of a lull because like as a, as a small business owner, Christmas time is, is absolutely crazy and, and it takes a lot out of you. So I, I typically take that downtime to do my taxes because I, I have no time to do that <laughs> during the regular uh, part of the year. And then also just to kind of like look at my business and, and, you know, make improvements that my community recommends that sort of stuff as well too, which I love doing. So this year has been a little bit different in the case that I'm currently like renting and we've been trying to buy a house for a while um, and get into the housing market for the first time being a first time home buyer. buyer. But yeah, that the, the housing market right now in Ontario is absolutely insane. And so we were trying for three months to purchase our house and I, I had my release date um originally in March but we we still hadn't found a house and our lease was coming up and I had my stuff in boxes and it's just like this just isn't working we inevitably we did find a house thank goodness so uh, I do move uh, in two weeks so I'm really excited for that and I'll be able to set up shop again and all that sort of stuff so the the new release date is to is planned for uh, the May 2-4 weekend and I currently have like a sign up uh, that people can sign up and get like early exclusive access for the release and all that sort of stuff so there's been a lot of things that I've been working on in the background, like a brand new website and also a, like a good community program, like with points and things like that, that everyone can kind of participate in too, as well as kind of expanding my product line. So I have some products that are going to be released that are for um, the paw parents, as I would put it, um, nice. that will be coming out, which is really exciting. That's still in the realm of sleep because that's kind of my main thing. That's amazing. And I'm definitely looking forward to your relaunch. Maybe let's go back to the beginning. Um, how did you start Former Fibers? My business started actually as a Christmas gift for my dad. I'm a daddy's girl through and through. And my dad's not the type of guy he, who's a big fan of like the commercial part of Christmas. So kind of each year, what we do throughout the year is like an act of kindness for him. And at Christmas, we let him know what that act of kindness that we did kind of in his name is. I was kind of at the very beginning of my zero waste improvement journey for myself personally, um, just after understanding, you know, the amount of plastic that's in our world and kind of what it does. And I knew I wanted to do something for my dad in some way and be creative and, and all that sort of stuff. And basically, I was going through my small house that I had at the time, and I, I had a whole bunch of sheets for whatever reason. And I was like, I don't need all these. Like, what am I going to do with these? And, 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 you know, how do I get rid of them? Things like that. It eventually came to me, oh, like I should make some pet beds and give them away to shelter 
shelters. So basically what I did for my dad's gift is I like I made a pet bed for every one of my friends and family has pets. They like pets have just always surrounded me and my friends and my family for their entire lives. So I was lucky in that way. So every bed that I actually gifted to um, my friends and family for Christmas, I also donated one to a shelter in my dad's name. So that's kind of how that all started. And everyone at Christmas was like, oh my gosh, like these are amazing. Like you, you have to sell these, like people would love them, all that sort of stuff. So that's kind of how how it all started. That's so amazing. And how many beds did you end up donating to shelters? Oh, I think it was about like 15. Wow. That's a <laughs> lot of beds. I mean, I obviously I know you make more now, but I mean, for right. a starting point, that's like a lot of work. So you made 30 beds in total. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. A lot of beds. <laughs> yeah, I mean, more now, but we'll get into that. Um, that's amazing. Let's get into former fibers. Why don't we start with just describing your business and your business ethos? Basically, when I was in the process of making the beds for my family and my friends, I was wanted to do it as eco-friendly as possible, kind of working within my whole zero waste journey. So I had the upcycled fabric. I found thread that was made out of recycled plastic bottles. So I'm like, awesome, I can use this. And it got down to the stuffing and I got stumped. And I'm like, what, what is going on here? So I, like I did my research into what polyfill actually is, which is what's inside of regular pet beds. And I didn't know at the time, but it's filled with plastic and like really harmful chemicals. So I was like, oh my goodness, like I need to find an alternative to this. I went to every single fabric store. I called every like fabric supply store in the GTHA trying to find like an eco-friendly stuffing, like whether it was like recycled plastic or like, and, and I came up with nothing. Like there was organic wools or battens for like quilting, but it was like really thin and not like fluffy. So you couldn't like fill it with a pet bed because it was very, very small and and wouldn't be fluffy so I was like what what like what can I use like we have pillows that are like have these down fillings and things in it so after my research I came across kpok and I was like oh like this is really cool so I got some samples of it and like it just the properties of kpok were just amazing as you kind of compare them to what is regularly in the market in our products every day that you use so I decided to kind of move forward with with that feeling and and offering it to you know my customers and my audience and and educating them around you know the benefits of using environmental alternatives that really you know they've existed and they've existed for such a long time like kpok was actually used in the life vest for you know the gis in world war ii it was a very very common product but because of how the world works now we find ourselves making products that mimic the properties of nature, but they're more convenient and they're more cost effective, yeah. but they're really harmful to our planet and our bodies. And that's where polyfill came in. That was kind of the, the big aha moment in, in my business and my discovery at that point. Yeah. And I know as well, you sell beds that are unfilled and encourage people if they don't want to purchase the, the filling that they can fill it with um, reuse, you know, things around the house that aren't being used which is awesome. Absolutely, for sure. Yeah. And like, because KPOC itself, like it has very unique pr 
properties, but it isn't necessarily great for everybody. Like there's there's pets that suffer from incontinence or, you know, they're, they're puppies and they're still learning, things like that. But it, like I encourage like with the shells, you can stuff it yourself with like blankets and things like that. So like they, the blankets have like the scent from their home or the adoption um, agency that they've come from. So like it becomes familiar to them and uh, can be not as high maintenance in terms of some of that cleaning regimen that is unique to KPOC that can can work for people who, with with different lifestyles as well too. Some great alternatives there. And I know that this is kind of like your side hustle. You work a full-time <laughs> job. How do you balance your small business with that as well? Oh my goodness. Yeah, it's uh, it's quite the adventure. I'm, I'm like a, a marketer by day and a maker by night. It's, it's kind of fun, but like, I love both aspects of what I do. Like I love being creative with my team and my creative agency during the day. And at home, it's just, um, it's different. Like I've, I've met this amazing group of people at a time in my life where, you know, when I started my business, like I, I was just like, I was burnt out. I wasn't passionate about anything. Like I it just like, I needed something that I could pour my passion into that was mine and be creative. I did that. But at the same time, I found the community of Instagram and, and dog moms and, and cat moms. And like, it's just like, the most supportive and encouraging community that I've ever come across before. Like people are fantastic and they're lovely and they just love to connect with people. And and I've loved finding that. And that that's really what keeps me going um, to do both. And where did your passion for being in the pet industry in general come from? Oh boy. Yeah. Like I've, I've always loved pets. Like I grew up around pets, like from like when I was a baby, like I have videos of like my parents having dogs and cats. Like I've always been surrounded by pets and you know, they're just these amazing little creatures that like, they love you no matter what. And it's, it's a special connection and a bond with this, you know, little creature that like loves you so much. And I don't know, it just kind of fell into place naturally. So we already talked about sustainability a little bit. You touched on it in terms of your materials and making sure everything in your beds are better for the environment than mm -hmm. whatever the shop alternatives are. What are your thoughts about sustainability in the pet industry in general? Oh boy, this is <laughs> The pet industry as a whole is severely unregulated. Yes. You see that with our food. You see that with the products. There's just, you know, this, there's, there's no accountability or reliability from any of these major companies at all. And I kind of give this challenge to my community that the next time, if you're outside of Ontario and you can go into a pet store right now, then you can do this. But when we're not under lockdown anymore, like I encourage you to go and spend 30 minutes and walk around your pet store and try to find a product that isn't packaged in or made with plastic. You're going to have a very, very hard time. Yeah trying to do that and you know just in in terms of plastic like plastic is killing our planet 90 percent of the plastic ever made still exists on earth and it takes forever to decompose like 500 to a thousand plus years for plastic to decompose on our planet that's like 50 to 100 cat lifespans 
It's crazy. And like, not only that, it's on our planet, but it's in our bodies. 93% of, you know, North Americans test positive for plastic chemicals in their bodies. If you kind of look at the facts and statistics there, each person every year consumes 70,000 pieces of microplastics. If that's in our bodies, what's in our pets' bodies, right? It's it's crazy to think about. And like it it causes a lot of problems like plastics in, in our pet products. You know, there's the microplastic ingestion, which I just mentioned. Choking hazards, very, yeah. very common. Intestinal obstructions, you know, the vet bill for that is crazy. Tooth fractures, you know, that's really, yeah. really common with the hard toys. The harmful chemicals that are in plastics that are made to produce plastics, like the, the polyfill that we talk about to produce those little tiny strands that mimic nature, the, the harmful chemicals that are used to produce those strands and form it into that, you know, is very, very harmful. Those those chemicals become airborne and your pet breathes them in and can absorb them through their skin as well, too. So it's, it's not great for us as humans. It's not great for, for pets as well. And also bacteria build up, too. Polyfill retains heat and bacteria. So, like, the, the common you know, thing that's kind of different between my beds with KPOC and beds with polyfill is that as, you know, pet owners, we're used to constantly washing our beds over and over and over again because of all the bacteria and the smells that the polyfill retains. Whereas with KPOC, it's hypoallergenic. It doesn't retain, you know, bacteria, rot, any of that. So you're not cleaning your bed as often as you would, you know, your regular pet bed, which is interesting. And then, so as you're doing this challenge and you're walking around the pet store, pretty much you're, you're going to have a really hard time trying to find something that isn't either packaged in or made with plastic. The most common thing that people will say is like, oh, I found this little stuffy toy and it's just like pinned to the cardboard sleeve that's hanged on the rack. Well, no, because the fabric that it's made in is polyester, which is plastic, and it's stuffed with polyfill, which is plastic. So 99% of all pet products in North America are made with or packaged in plastic. And then if you wander down the pet bed aisle, and again, this is my industry, but if you go and actually look at the tags that are on those pet beds for a second, like as consumers for things that we eat, we're taught to look at those nutritional fact charts, right? Start looking at those care tags on products that you're buying. So the most common thing that you'll see on those pet bed tags is, you know, not intended for use for children and remove bed immediately if torn or damaged. Seek veterinary at- attention if any material is ingested. Yeah. Those are major clues right there why that product is not good for your pet and for your home. Yet, no problem sitting in the pet store for you to take it, bring it home. It, it's just enlightening to me how much yeah. this industry is not regulated. Yeah, it's definitely something I've learned over the past years as a pet owner. Like you said, the food definitely has been one of my focuses, but it's so true. There's every aspect of the pet industry yeah. just doesn't have their health as a priority. It has no. convenience and cost effectiveness, as you said. What tips would you give to everyday pet owners if they are concerned about the issues you're bringing up? For sure. And like, I have a few suggestions, but I think the the one thing for people is that, you know, even with like being humans and having a zero waste journey, people get very overwhelmed looking at it all. It's 
a very big complex issue. And I think what sets you up for success, if this is an area that you are concerned with, is to really just pick one thing, one thing that is simple for you to kind of adjust within your life and, you know, get in the rhythm of that. And then once you got that down, maybe add on another. The the thing for us to really start to drive and create change is we don't need, you know, a million people doing things perfectly. We need, you know, a billion people trying to make improvements in their lifestyle where they can, when they can, little bits at a time. You know, as I go through some of these tips, like see what sticks out to you. You might not be able to do every single one of them, but there might be something within that that works for you. The top thing is probably purchasing secondhand, right? Because there's there's things that, you know, we're going to need as pet owners and, you know, they're not made in the best way. So if you can purchase something secondhand, then, you know, that's diverting waste in that way, which is great. There's specific pet groups on Facebook for rehoming items that you can find. Also like Facebook Marketplace, Kijiji, I think there's a few other Toronto specific programs, things like that, that are, you know, really all for helping and being able to purchase secondhand. And I think as we're in a pandemic right now, it's, it's really helpful because you can't necessarily go out to the store. It's great to be able to get something easily from someone else you can use that way. So that's like a really simple one right there that most people can do. And when you can't buy secondhand, instead support small or handmade businesses instead. Small local handmade businesses, they take great care in the products that they create and they produce less waste than the big guys do. So just doing that helps significantly. And um, an extra added tip that I like to tell people is if you like message like a small business owner and be like, hey, can you reduce the amount of packaging that you send my product to me in? Or can you not package it in plastic? Most of the time they'll go, oh, hell yeah. Like I get that all the time from my audience just because the type of consumer that they are. But like, any small business that you message, like they could have packaging that they could just recycle from, you know, their products coming into their business and send it out to you. So all you need to do is ask. And that's a great step that you can do. And I don't know any big company that would do that for you, but a small business will. What's another one? Pet waste. (laughs) Mm -hmm. that is a really really big one uh pet waste and it's it's kind of a complex issue too because every single municipality that you're in is different in terms of how they handle waste i used to be i lived in york region for a while and they will actually take pet waste in your green bin whereas i'm in hamilton now no no you can't do that so it, it totally is different wherever you live in terms of how you can get rid of pet waste one thing for me is that you know, we have the bags to to pick up the waste. If you have the ability to get compostable ones, they're more expensive. But whether you're putting those compostable bags in the garbage or the green bin for your municipality, you're doing a few things. One, you're using your dollar to let assist these other companies that are trying to do good and trying to make change. And eventually the municipalities will catch up because they're seeing, okay, there's so many, much of this in our waste stream, consumers are driving this change, we need to follow suit. So that's one thing. Also as well, instead of the plastic 
bags if you're putting the waste in the landfill and that's where it has to go the plastic bag it doesn't decompose right whereas a compostable bag will eventually like the landfill properties aren't great so it will take it a very long time to decompose but the point is is that eventually it will and then the big difference there between compostable and biodegradable those are the two terms that people get really mixed up because of greenwashing and and these companies in the industry biodegradable I like to remind people is just the fancy term for microplastics. So it is still a plastic product. It will break down using chemicals, but it will break down into tiny plastics. Like my phone is biodegradable, right? right? There's no, there's no timeline attached to the term biodegradable. Everything will break down into smaller pieces at some point, whether it's a hundred, a thousand years from now, whereas compostable, that term is regulated. So that product will break down and go back into the earth between six to to nine months, I believe it is. So that's kind of the difference there. Well, I learned something Um, new today. So thanks for that. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, Greenwashing is definitely, um, I mean, you're in marketing. I'm in PR. (laughs) I'm sure we both have to deal with people are smart. People are going to read through this. Um, So it's always good to educate people as well. Absolutely. And I think it's just taking that extra step to kind of really become aware and read what you're looking at. Yeah. There's, you know, the biggest company that, you know, monopolizes the industry in terms of pet bags, and they have a eco-friendly sounding name. But if when you actually look at the box of their products, there's no environmental claim on there whatsoever, but their bags are green. Okay, noted. (laughs) (laughs) So like being an educated consumer and looking for those symbols, like that compostable registered symbol, Mm. you know, is, is that extra added little step that you can do to really understand what you're purchasing. And then the last tip that I have is probably even more difficult than pet waste is we've talked about pet food. And this one is hard because, you know, everyone's diet is different. And I think one of the biggest, I'm a really big fan of Taylor and Bindi's bucket list. And she's always a big fan of saying feed the dog that's in front of you, whether that's kibble, whether that's raw, each dog pet is unique and needs different things. With pet food, you know, one isn't right or over the other, but it's an area that, you know, you struggle with in terms of creating waste. So there's a few kind of things that you can do out there that are, you know, within your ability and your control without necessarily changing your pet's diet because it creates waste. That's that's a more difficult area. There's some pet food brands that participate in a free recycling program run by TerraCycle. So TerraCycle is an amazing program here in Canada and they have boxes and consumer programs that businesses can sign up and participate in for you to actually return the the waste, the packaging that you have and return it to them. So like my pet food brand, I collect the bags, you know, every few months or so I'll log on to my TerraCycle program. I will print out my shipping label and that's free. I'll put it in a box and return it to TerraCycle. And I get points for, you know, the things that I return, which I can then donate to other charities and the bags actually get recycled. And the pet food brand that participates in the program essentially pays for that to participate in that program and for that recycling to happen. There's only a few pet food brands that do participate in that program, but 
you know, how much does it cost you to send an email? Like whatever brand that you love and that your pet loves for their food, encourage them to sign up for a TerraCycle program. Or alternatively, TerraCycle actually offers boxes that you can purchase at home and any pet food bag can go into that box and then be recycled. It's just more the like how the bags are made are yeah. too difficult to process at our municipal level recycling. They yeah. need more advanced to pull those pieces apart. So those are some ways that you can do that. If you're being raw, like bring your own containers for things like that. If you have that ability, um, that's a great step there. Or like try and buy treats and stuff like that in bulk. That's a great way too with your own containers outside of COVID. Yeah, regulations and all that fun fancy stuff. That's great. Um, I was gonna say, I feel like a lot of the steps I took before COVID all got shut down, but this is great that these are programs that can still continue while at home. So that's great to hear. For sure. I wanted to chat about your community building aspect. You already mentioned that you build such a great community of your customers. Tell me about it. Tell me about how you cater to your community and um, how you guys work together towards your common goals. I absolutely love the Instagram community that I've found through this platform. Everyone is just amazing. They're so helpful. They're so supportive. Like, and like people message me like about their daily lives of what's going on. And like, I've created so many friends within this community, just what's going on. And like, if I'm having a shit day, I can talk about it on Instagram. And I have all these amazing, you know, pet moms that like just build you up and support you a million ways from Sunday. And like, I I just love having that friendship with everybody. Outside of that, like we have like challenges and things that I do. Like I've tried doing like different photo challenges to win prizes, cleanup challenges, things like that to like bring a little bit of fun and and gain um, spirit into some of the stuff that I do. And then with the new website that I'm launching in May, I'm pretty much opening up my ambassador program to be a full community program. So anyone can participate and be part of like the pride members for former fibers and and contribute and earn points, you know, for posting pictures and, and, and all that sort of fun stuff. So I'm really looking forward to opening that up within my whole community Um, because anytime anyone talks about a small business and shares authentic content and, you know, what works for them is like a million times better than anything that I could ever say. I I absolutely love that about this community is that people just want to share and, uh, you know, be, be a part of something, which is really exciting. Yeah, definitely. I think even just with this podcast, even just being like the amount of like amazing small business owners we have in our community and how they all help each other out is really great. So yeah, I think we're all, we all want the best for our pets, but we also want the best for our community, which is amazing. For sure. And even like the, like the pet business owners on Instagram too, like Emily from Happy Paws, like when I was starting out my business, I reached out to her and I was like, Hey, like, how do you do this? Or what works for Mm. you? Things like that. I've never had people who are in the same, you know, line of business be so supportive of each other. Like there's, there hasn't been a small business that I've reached out to, to ask advice or help or things like that, that 
hasn't gotten back to me and, and, and been amazing and just supported me. And I love that about small businesses. It's fantastic. And I wanted to also ask about your relationship to the rescue community in particular. Um, you have to rescue cats and obviously <laughs> a lot of your ambassadors are in the rescue community as well. So I wanted to hear about your thoughts about that community as well. Absolutely. I love the rescue community. You know, the work that they do is amazing. It takes a special person to be able to foster, to, to, to you know, work at the shelter, um, you know, to help rescue these animals that really just need that extra second chance at life. Part of how I try to help that community is really goes back to the spirit at which my business was founded in the first place. So, you know, creating those, those beds for my dad and, and donating them to a shelter that needed them. So I still continue in that spirit today and I have a shelter bed program. So anyone who's like purchased like previous versions of my bed um, and have upgraded um, or, you know, they've gotten a new bed, they can return their bed to me and I'll patch it up and fill it with, um, you know, scraps of fabric and donate it to shelters. Same with like, I get pillowcases and things like that as part of like the sets that get donated to me, things like that. Anything that is in my business doesn't go to waste. So the shelter bed program is like, is a part of that. So anything that, that I create for my waste is able to go into those shelter beds and then get donated to shelters who will accept them. Not, not everyone will, per se, everyone's kind of different, but like I've, I've sent beds to help pause and there's, there's other local, um, you know, shelter communities that um, absolutely love them. This year has been a challenge for the program. Um, mm -hmm. Just because with COVID typically, like I have student volunteers, or I've girl guide groups that would come and help me prepare all these beds. Um, but with COVID, I just, I haven't been able to make that happen. So I'm, I'm really hoping that the summer things will start to die down because I have so many bed shells and so much stuffing that like, I'm, yeah. I'm not throwing it out. I'm holding on to it and like, I'm going to keep it and it's going to end up at a shelter, you know, for a bed that like for pet who needs it and just want something comfy to help with that. So hopefully this summer I can, can connect with a local girl guide group as the volunteers um, to, uh, to help me make some shelter beds. Cause I, it, it's hard to do on my own. <laughs> no kidding. But also what a wonderful experience for, yeah, like girls scouts or you know I just know that I was obsessed with pets when I was a kid so I would have loved to do something that would have helped uh, dogs and cats so it would be awesome for sure and like I even like last year um like Toronto dog moms um like I've been to her events before and we even planned to like set up like a shelter bed you know little line for people who are attending their events to come in and and stuff them and I would just sew them clothes and things like that oh, and, and amazing. go to one of the the shelters that was sponsoring the events but with COVID it, it didn't end up happening so I'm, I'm hoping once we can start to return to some normalcy that I can get that going again but yeah if there's there's ever any shelters who are in need of beds or who who would love to accept um the beds from my program I I'm like working on compiling a list like anytime um if you know of a shelter or or a rescue um, that could use some beds. I definitely can start those conversations with a few for you. What are your plans for the future? So obviously you have a huge relaunch, rebrand, new website, lots of stuff uh, coming up. <laughs> so talk me a little bit through that. 
Yeah, I'm I'm super excited to get the website back up. It will definitely be a lot easier to order my products. I was on Etsy before um, and it was really limiting and restrictive in terms of like shipping and like ordering multiple products together at the same time. And like, oh, I'm, I I have a million things that I could say about Etsy, but I'm, I'm super excited to get off and have my own website and, you know, just a place for the community to really learn and uh, more about my products. So I'm going to have a full um, transparency page section. So like when I say my products are made with 100% upcycled fabric, what does that mean? I, I explain it. Um, like, so, you know, every single aspect of my product, like what it's shipped in all that sort of stuff. So that's a new section, uh, the blog section. So really diving into, um, like I have people that reach out to me all the time, like cats in particular, like, oh, well, they don't actually like pet beds. So like, um, I'm not really going to use them, but like, I, I have a blog post explaining why cats don't use your regular pet beds, things like that. Um, so a whole like exciting blog section there. Um, and then new products too. So I'm going to have a whole section dedicated to parents, paw parent and um, products that work for them, uh, as well as kind of shifting my product and, and my offering to be a little bit more custom uh, mm. for folks. So working with their like decor and their style, I, I, I really love working with my community and, and like pairing patterns together to like make their dream bed, things like that. I'm, I'm starting to shift instead of doing like seasonal releases with like specific and like putting all that work into cutting patterns and things like that, that might not necessarily sell with the custom ones then I can actually work on creating a product for them and you know also in turn reducing my waste mm. in that regard too so always looking for ways to kind of involve my product and in, in, in my business so super excited that's awesome are you bringing back those like adorable pet sleeping bags that you had oh yeah absolutely yeah, those were <laughs> I really that was the one that I just I think sold out immediately and <laughs> boss loves blankets like He's constantly like when I'm under a blanket, he'll just start pawing at it because he just wants to be under it. So I just feel like something <laughs> like that for him, he would just love it would be like his spot. <laughs> Absolutely, for sure. And, and like, so we did like I did a soft launch of that to see how it would go because like there, there's other companies that do them and like, I see them and like I was watching them on Etsy and things like that. And they weren't really moving. So I was I was curious to see if it would work. But like, everyone loved them I think like the whole like recycled fabric approach to this for people is just like that extra added benefit and like not all pets necessarily like to be in a bed they some do prefer blankets too so it's it's a great uh, alternative for for them in that capacity so yes absolutely pet sleeping bags will be coming back for sure amazing that's it on my end is there anything you wanted to touch on that we didn't get to as you know paw parents we try to do the best that we can within our means for our pets and it's it's not an easy thing to do and you know between you know how the world is right now and you know how complicated the pet industry is I just want to re reiterate everyone out there is that like you're doing an awesome job like just by going out and and listening to a podcast like this to try and like learn something new if, if you you know take away one thing from today um just know that you, you know you're doing great 
you're providing an amazing life for, you know, an animal that needs it. And that in itself is truly admirable. And, you know, even if you're waking up today and you just, you know, all you can do is sit with your animal and have a few minutes, like you're still doing an amazing job. So keep up the great work and keep smiling. Love that. I think that that, is a hundred. Yep. And that's what we need right now. There's a lot of, a lot of pressure with the world and with, you know, what being a quote unquote good dog parent is. And I definitely agree with you. We're all doing our best, especially under these wild (laughs) circumstances right now. Absolutely, for sure. Well, thanks so much for speaking with me. Um, it was really awesome getting to know you and I loved like everything we talked about. Oh, well, thank you so much for having me. It's been amazing talking with you and I can't wait to hear it all come together. And uh, yeah, it's been been so fun. I've, I've enjoyed my first podcast. Bye. Rescue Dog Moms is a project by Yamini inspired by her rescue boss, who you can find on Instagram at the pup boss to keep up with the rescue dog moms podcast you can follow us at rescuedogmoms.ca or on instagram at rescue dog moms pod see you next week <coughs>